Good morning. It's good to see you guys today. Uh, Pastor Neil and his family are in Denver. Uh, so you guys that don't know, even if you're here, new here or whatever, uh, Pastor Neil is our lead pastor. Uh, he was asked to, uh, to come and be the guest speaker at his former church. Kind of weird, but cool, right? And so uh, they're in Denver getting to see uh, some of their old friends and, and familiar faces. And uh, he's having the opportunity this morning to share uh, God's word there um, at Denver, in Denver, and so uh, that's why I'm up here speaking to you guys today, um, but we'll, we'll pray for, for them in just a few minutes, but uh, we're going to continue our series in Ephesians, um, and uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 25 through 32 today. Um, let me start by asking a few questions, okay, and just raise your hands uh, as you see fit, okay? Uh, number one, uh, how many of you would consider yourself a decent and courteous driver. Okay. Uh, how many of you have ever yelled at, cursed at, raged at another driver who you thought was a moron from the way they were driving? Okay. Uh, how many of you consider yourself an honest person? How many of you have ever lied to get out of being in trouble? How many of you always, always resolve conflict with your spouse or loved one before going to bed? <laughs> Only a couple that time, okay. Uh, how many of you have ever spent the night on the couch because your loved one was being totally unreasonable and you were, of course, right? Be a lot of people on the couch tonight, too. Just kidding. <laughs> how many of you think stealing is wrong? Okay. Now, in spite of knowing that stealing is wrong, how many of you have ever have you have ever stolen something? Def Leppard, Pyromania, cassette, and I worked at the store. Whew. Bad. Anyways, uh, how many of you? Dis okay, I already did that one. How many of you are always, always, always kind, courteous, tender-hearted, and forgive everyone? Who has ever done you wrong? Nobody. And last question. How many of you have ever been bitter, full of rage, or anger, used harsh words, or committed any type of behavior that is on, that is on God's naughty list? Yeah. I'm sure that we all have. So we pretty much all answered those, like every question except for one of them there pretty much. Uh, and so this message is for you. And for me, too, because uh, none of us are perfect. So, like I said, we're going to continue on in Ephesians 4, 25 and 30, through 32 today. Uh, let's pray for ourselves because we need it bad. All right? Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you that we have the opportunity to come into this church today uh, with our, our brothers and our sisters, our family. And uh, we get to worship you um, with song. And, God, that was so awesome and powerful. And uh, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. 
Um, God, I pray that this morning as we uh, get back into Ephesians, Lord, that you would just uh, use um, the words that you've given me to speak today, God, to, to just touch each one of our hearts. God, help me to, to speak the words that need to be spoken and not say the things that don't need to be spoken. But even more importantly, God, I pray that you'd open all of our hearts to not only hear, but also to receive uh, whatever it is that we need uh, in our lives. And Father, we also pray for uh, Pastor Neil and Katie and the rest of their family. God, as they're in Denver uh, this morning, I pray that you would use him uh, to uh, speak your word and your truth uh, there at uh, Denver United, Lord. Um, just be with them as they travel back, uh, either today or tomorrow, God. Just uh, keep them safe and, uh, and, and bring them back. Um, we love you and we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So last week, Pastor Neil shared with us a message titled, Mistaken Identity. And um, one of the songs that we sang today uh, kept saying over and over again, I am yours. I am yours. And, um, you know, don't be mistaken. Your identity is found in Jesus. We are his. And so... Um, that was a big thing that I took away from that message. But is there anything that, that maybe you guys, uh, the, the message from last week, just really touched on your heart and, and it sparked something in you that you just, like, what, what, what are some of the things that you remember from last week? Anybody? Anybody have anything? Anybody take notes or something just spoke to your heart? I'm sure there was. I know I'm putting you guys on the spot, but anybody? Honesty is an invitation. Okay. Anybody else? Sin in your life died with Christ. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Well, here's here's the things that I wrote down um, because there was something that uh, that spoke to me, and it was the uh, the part where he talked about um, the life we live, uh, the life we now live, uh, or the life we should now live, and so uh, how we do live, how we do live or how we live a life that portrays the life that God has given us. So number one was uh, we give Jesus full access to our heart. Remember that? And, uh, and basically what that's saying is, God, like a lot of times we say, oh, you know, Jesus, here's my heart. Take, take my heart, Lord, right? But there's always that little piece that we want to protect, that we want to hold on to for whatever reason. But what this is saying, if, if we really want to live a life that, that portrays the life that God's given to us, uh, we have to give Jesus full access. All access pass, right, to our heart. And number two, uh, we have to lose ownership of our old self. Like, whoever you were in the past, the sinful man, the sinful woman, whatever, the bad mistakes, all that stuff, just leave it in the past because your old self is gone now, right? When we find Jesus and we ask God to, to become the Lord of our life, uh, we can put all of that behind us and not worry about it anymore. And so we need to do that. And then number three, we say no to making decisions based on our old value system. So maybe you had values or what we, call, what we would call values uh, back in your old self, your hopefully dead self, and, um, and you just lay those down too. And you just say, no, I'm not going to make those same decisions anymore. I'm going to make decisions based on what it is that God wants me to do what it is that, that God has a will for my life and how he's going to lead me into that. And so today, today we're going to continue in this, this uh, same passage. Uh, the last verse that Pastor Neil used was Ephesians 4.24, and it says, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. 
Now, a little while ago, we answered a bunch of questions, which proved to me and to you that none of us in this room are perfect, right? We all make mistakes, every single one of us. But we should still strive to be holy and righteous. We should still be striving to be people who, who go after God's heart, who go after the will that he has for us. In spite of our mistakes, in spite of our sins, yeah, those are going to happen, but we can put them behind us and we can move forward. So we should strive to be righteous, in right standing with God. Right? I mean, do you guys agree with that? I hope so. Um, and so this, this, you know, putting on your new nature, um, you know, taking your old self, laying it down. And, and one of the things I thought was kind of cool is like, you know, he said, don't make a big spectacle out of it. You know, just lay it down and put on the new thing. You know, take your old coat, throw it on the floor, put in your new one and walk forward. All right. So we can't be perfect, even as children of God, but we can be righteous and holy. Um, Ephesians 4.25 says this. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now, a little while ago, I asked, has anybody ever lied? And we all have, to get out of trouble, right? And uh, as a kid, um, I remember most of my lies revolved around my report cards, mostly. Um, specifically, uh, in one story that I remember is uh, in sixth grade, in my math class, um, this was back when report cards were like a paper, like a paper card. Each class had a different card, and your teacher wrote... Uh, like A, B, C, D, or F, and then you took it home, and you got it signed, and they had to sign all six of them because you had like six classes, and then you had to bring them all back and turn them into your teacher, and you had to see that your parents signed it. Um, well, I got an F in my math class in one of my, uh, one of my six weeks uh, during that math class. And uh, the good news for me was that changing an F to a B it's pretty easy if you have the same color pen. So, um, just saying, it is. But, here's the problem. And, and I did a pretty good job because it was so good that when I brought it back, my teacher didn't even notice, like, that I changed the grade. Because he had, like, the other six weeks on there, too. Like, you know, this one was a C and that one was a D. And all of a sudden, it was an F, but it was really a B. But the problem was this. At the end of the school year, they take an average and my average wasn't adding up and so um, my math teacher called my parents and he said I think we need to talk about some stuff <laughs> and uh, anyways I was caught in my lie and it doesn't pay right it doesn't pay to lie because no matter what happens no matter what you think is going to get you out of trouble eventually you're going to get found out, found out and, and I, I was found out. Uh, Numbers uh, 32, 23 says, But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. And that sin found me out. That lie to make myself look better and not get in trouble made things worse in the long run. If I would have just went to my parents and said, Hey, I got an F. Now, they would have not been happy. I probably would have got, you know, grounded or whatever. Um, but because I lied and changed my grade, 
not only did I get in trouble for my parents, I got in trouble for my teacher. I, you know, it was bad. It was bad news. And so I got some extra assignments that I had to do to try to bring my grade up. And my dad made me sit at the table for a whole weekend and do nothing but work. And math, unless you love math, then you would have had a good time. But I don't like math. And it, it didn't, it was not fun. So anyways, your sins will find you out. Telling the truth may not always be the easiest thing to do, right? It may not always be the easiest thing to do. But God is a God of truth, and he wants us and expects us to tell the truth. So, so don't be a liar, right? Don't be a liar. Especially in the church or, or the body of Christ, it said in that verse that, that, you know, we're all in the same body. And so don't... Uh, don't tell your brothers and sisters in Christ one thing that's not a truth and do something different. Be truthful. Don't tell lies. But not only just to them, but to everybody, right? I mean, everybody wants to be told the truth, I think. I would hope so. I want to hear the truth. Even if it's going to hurt my feelings, I'd rather someone tell me the truth than to lie to my face. And we, in turn, should be people of truth that tell the truth because we serve a God that is a God of truth. All right, let's move on. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, uh, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Have you ever been so angry that you, like, physically feel it? Like, some people, when they get angry, they cry, right? Some of you, when you get angry, you cry. Some of you, when you get angry, your ears turn red, your face turns red, you get all tense, and you're just, oh, you grit your teeth. My dad had this thing, like his top lip would curl. And I knew when my dad's top lip curled, it was bad news. I was like, okay, this is real, this is the real deal right here. I am in big trouble because this, I'm going to get that, you know, or the grumbling under your breath where you just, you Feel physically something change inside of you when you get angry, right? It's not a good feeling to let yourself get that angry, is it? Um, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Right, honey? <laughs> but do I get angry? Yeah, I get angry. But you know what? I usually just hold that anger inside, which isn't good either right? And so Stacy and I don't have knock down, drag out, scream and yell fights. We just don't. When we get angry, we just don't talk. We just, all right, you do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm right. You're wrong. And then eventually we come back together and we're like, I'm sorry. It's usually me that apologizes because it's usually me that does something stupid. Um, but we figured out and it all works out and, and all that stuff. But, but that's not good either because when we disagree or get angry, instead of like talking about it and getting those feelings out, you just hold them inside and then you start to physically feel that anger again. And you're like, no, I don't want to be like this, right? Don't let anger control your life. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't spend the night on the couch because of something stupid that you said, Figure it out. Talk about it. Don't live like that. And why? Because it says anger gives a foothold to the devil. 
Some people get so angry that you almost feel like they are the devil, right? Have you ever been around someone who just gets so angry, you're just like, you're scared. You're like, oh, wow, it's scary. And some of you, in all seriousness, maybe came from a home where dad was really, really angry. Physically, emotionally, you felt the wrath. It's because when we let anger control our body, our physical body, and we don't resolve that anger, then the devil gets his foot in there, and that anger can become something worse than just a feeling. It can become an action. And that's what we have to be careful of. So don't live like that. We're going to talk about what we should live like at the very end. So don't let the sun set. These verses that that we just read about this anger controlling us, um, you know, when you scream at another driver, is that anger controlling you? Yeah. Because instead of just letting it go, you're physically screaming at a person that can't hear you. You understand that, right? You're like, you moron! And they're just, they don't know, right? I mean, unless your windows are down and their windows are down and you pull up beside them and you're like, you know, you're doing that. Don't do that. That's bad. That goes from like anger to rage and that's a bad thing. But we shouldn't do that. We can't let that anger control us. So we need to learn how to control that. Um, Now, God doesn't say that anger in and of itself is a sin, right? Even Jesus got angry when they were selling stuff in in the temple. But we can't hold on to our anger. We have to get over it. Otherwise, the enemy will get in and and let the anger fester like an infection. And that's not a good thing. Ephesians 4.28 says this. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Now, I know that times are tough. I know inflation's high. I know that the prices of things has skyrocketed. But despite all that, God has still blessed us, right? We still have roofs over our head. We still have groceries that we can buy. We still have things to eat. And yet, there's a lot of things that we feel like we need to have that maybe we really don't need to have. But the only way we feel like we can get them is by taking them. And... Recently, I've had the opportunity to experience this firsthand quite a bit, actually, and it surprised me. But um, I work at, a, at the academy here in Liberty and um, part-time, and, and, and so I had no idea that people are bold about stuff. They will load a cart full of clothes or whatever, and they will walk right out the front door. Just walk out the front door. Because they know that you can't do anything, you can't touch them, you can't grab them, and you can stand in front of them, they can just go around you. Or they'll find another exit. I mean, people will go out the emergency exits and have a car waiting there, and they'll throw everything in the car and take off. It just shocked me how much people steal. But God's word says, don't be a thief. Instead, 
Use your hands to do something good for somebody else. And like I said, I know that times are tough. I know things are, are you know, not maybe where they need to be in your life financially or whatever, but, but stealing them is not the answer because that goes against what God wants us for, wants for our lives. And nobody likes a thief. Now, we still have to love everybody, but nobody likes to be ripped off. Have you ever been, has anybody ever had their house broken into, your car broken into, and someone takes something from you? It's a horrible feeling. It really is. I, uh, I lived in San Antonio for a while, and I was moving from one apartment complex to a different apartment complex. And in the middle of the day, I lived on the third floor. I was moving stuff back and forth, going to different, a different place. And I came back, and my door was kicked in. And they stole shoes. They stole my pet ball python and my pillowcase, probably to put the snake in. <laughs> They stole this huge jar of change that probably had, you know, I don't know, enough money to buy a lot of food. Uh, and they stole a, uh, a little 22 pistol that my dad had given me that he had had when he was a kid, and they stole some other stuff. Anyways, it was a horrible feeling to walk in and realize someone took my stuff. Someone's like, I mean, it's just stuff, right? I mean, I'm thankful that I wasn't there and I, no one got hurt, but, um, but being robbed or having someone steal from you is a horrible feeling. And so in turn, we ourselves, no matter how hard things get, this verse says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. And so when you have the opportunity especially when things are hard. Use your hands to do something for somebody else that you know is less fortunate. And in return, uh, when we do things like that, doesn't God always come through? He really does because he loves us and he cares about us. And he'll meet our needs. Amen, Jariah. Ephesians 4.29 says, this is a tough one here. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear, to hear, who hear them. When you stub your pinky toe in the middle of the night on your bed frame, how many of you are just like, oh, Lord, that was so amazing? bed you are just I love this bed you are the best bed in the world gosh I'm glad that I have you in my life we probably don't we may say things that we would never repeat anywhere else on the planet around anybody else it's hard sometimes to not use foul or abusive language it just is. When you're around it all the time, maybe in your job, or when you uh, work with a bunch of people who are way less intelligent than you, or, <laughs> or at least you think they are, right? Or maybe they're just people you don't get along with. I don't know. And maybe you don't say those things out loud, but you say them 
in your heart. It's still wrong. You see, this verse says, let everything you say be good and helpful. So the things that we say to our loved ones, are they abusive? Are they foul? They don't have to be curse words. They can just be nasty, mean things. They can be things that tear them down and not build them up. I don't like when people tear me down. And I don't think any of you do either. I love it when people build me up, as I'm sure each and every one of you do too, right? It's good. It feels good to be encouraged by somebody else's words, doesn't it? Especially someone that you're close to, someone that you care about, someone that cares about you, someone that you love. And when that person tears you down, it's worse. Or when that person says things uh, that are hurtful, um, it hurts a lot. Lying, cursing our friends or even our enemies isn't how God wants us to speak. It says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Your children are listening. Your co-workers are listening. Your spouse is listening to the words that you say, to the words that I say. So be an encourager and let your words speak life to others. Especially when they're having a hard time. Instead of nitpicking at them, just be an encouragement. Just ask God, God, what can I say today to build somebody else up? What can I say to my spouse today that's going to encourage them? What can I say to my neighbor who is always on me about not mowing my grass and making it look as nice as his? What can I say that's encouraging to him today? What can I say to my boss that's going to be life-giving? Matthew uh, 15, 11 says, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. In other words, it matters what you say. Your speech matters to God and it matters to others. Ephesians 4, 30 through 31 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. There's that identity thing we talked about last week. He has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. When I was a kid, I would much rather be spanked by my dad, even though it hurt like the Dickens, then have him tell me I'm disappointed in the things that you did and the things that you said. Or have my mom say, I'm really disappointed in you, John. I'd rather them just spank me, send me to my room, and I'd, I'd cry for a minute and I'd be fine. But when you hurt the people you love by your actions or your words, man, that's a, that's a hard feeling to, to, to get over for a while. And I remember specifically one time I did something. 
I'm not going to repeat what I did or said, but I said something really, 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 really bad to my mom and dad. And we were in the middle of making dinner, and I was old enough to have a car and car keys. And as soon as I got done saying what I said, I ran out the door with my car keys and jumped in my car and took off because I knew if my dad caught me, I was going to be in trouble. Not that he would have going to beat me or anything like that, but I knew that it was not going to be a good situation. But I came home later only to find a curled lip dad ready to go and a mom sobbing her eyes out because of the things that I did and said to her face. And that hurt way worse having to go in and apologize to her for what I said and what I did. I would have much rather my dad just beat my butt, but I was too old for that. Um, but I did lose my car for a while, uh, and that hurt too. But, but it hurt worse to see my mom, who was a, is, still is a wonderful woman of God, who raised like a perfect kid, eventually my sister. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, it hurt. It hurt to see how bad I hurt her. And so this verse starts off by, seeing, by saying, um, you know, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Don't sadden your creator, your heavenly father, by the way you live. Because he has identified you as his own. You are his child. I know that sometimes my words and my actions are not pleasing to God. But thank God for that song we sang earlier, and we talked about this a little while ago when we were praying that the blood of Jesus can wash those things away. It makes me realize as I read these scriptures that I have a long way to go still. And I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we realize I still have a long way to go. I can try, and I do try, to be righteous and holy, but I still make bad choices. I still make, I don't want to even call them mistakes because they're not mistakes. It's not like I accidentally did that. I purposefully did it. It was a choice that I made and it was the wrong choice that I made. And I'm sure, again, if we're all honest with ourselves, we make wrong choices on a daily basis about how we live or how the words that we say or the actions that we do. So let's not bring sorrow to our Heavenly Father. Let's get rid of all the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the harsh words, the slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. You see, when we asked Christ to come into our lives, if you've done that, then you become that new man and we need to let go of all those things. And, and again, bringing reference to what Pastor Neil said last week, just lay it down, right? You don't have to throw it on the floor, stomp it and all that stuff and make a big scene because it's the old stuff. Just let it go, put on the new stuff and keep moving forward, right? Just shrug it off and just keep moving. And when I look back at verse 30, it also says that, uh, it talks about that identity that Pastor Neil spoke about last week, that, that God has identified you as his child, you and I belong to him. Let's not forget that, right? When we uh, have an awesome father like that, we want to make him proud. We want to make him happy. 
And so we need to live our life like that. So as we begin to wrap up this morning, um, there's one more verse that I want to talk about. And it's the most important verse, I think, in this whole passage. And we've read a lot of don't do thises, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't live like this. Don't steal. Don't lie. Right? We've read all those things. But this next verse, I think, shows us how uh, to not do those things or at least gives us an alternative, like how we should live. Like, don't do those things, but do this. It says, Ephesians 4.32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. You see, kindness goes a long way, doesn't it? I like to be around kind people, and I try to be a kind person. And kindness goes a long way in a lot of situations. If you're having a really rough day and somebody comes up and says something kind, or they're just kind to you, right? They're just being nice and genuine to you. It makes you feel better when you're having a rough day or a rough moment. Kindness goes a long way. So be kind to each other. That's one thing, right? Be tenderhearted. In other words, have compassion on those around you. When someone's hurting, ask God, God, what can I do? What can I say to help this person? Or God, give me compassion for those that are less fortunate than me. Give me compassion for those people that are hurting around me. And how can I use my hands and my actions and my words to build or encourage somebody else? So be tenderhearted and forgive one another. Don't let anger control you. When someone does you wrong, just forgive them, even if they don't ask. Because sometimes you're not going to ever get an apology. And if you're waiting for someone to apologize that did you wrong and they don't forgive or that you, you don't forgive them, then how do you expect God to forgive you? the things that you do that are not his will and his purpose for your life, right? So we need to forgive one another just as God has forgiven us. Bill, if you'll come and just play a, some quiet music for us as we finish up. We've been talking a lot about unity here, right? Pastor Neil's been talking a lot about unity um, here in our church community. And he shared his vision for one church uh, in that uh, we are all in this together as one to bring the good news of Jesus to liberty and beyond. And in order to do that, we have to be kind to each other, right? We have to have a unified body. We shouldn't be lying to each other. We shouldn't be stealing from one another. We shouldn't be uh, using words that are discouraging to one another. We should be building each other up in all that we do. And so my encouragement for each one of us today is to, to look at these scriptures that we've talked about today. And yes, these are things that we shouldn't do but most importantly, this 
is how we should live. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Not just in this room, not just in this church community, but wherever we go. And maybe for some of you, right now, you are in the middle of a huge family crisis. Maybe you and your spouse are um, at odds. Or maybe you and your sister, or you and your brother, or you and your mom or your dad, or a cousin or an uncle or somebody is not even speaking to each other because of something that somebody did or somebody said. Don't let one more day go by that you don't reach out to that person or at least say in your heart, God, I forgive them. And I pray that they would forgive me and help me, God, to reach out when time is right to reach out and ask them to forgive me. And you may not be met with like, oh, it's okay. They might say, you know what? Forget that. I don't forgive you. And if that's the case, forgive anyways. Because you serve a God of truth and a God that doesn't lie and a God that wants to like that brings encouragement to us that is a is a god that loves no matter what so we need to be like that too we need to have compassion we need to forgive and we need to have kindness in our life proverbs 3 3 says never let loyalty and kindness leave you tie them around your neck as a reminder Write them deep within your heart. Some people wear necklaces with crosses on them. And for some, it's just, it's just a thing. For some, though, it means something really deep and profound. And they wear that to remind them that Jesus came and he died on a cross. But he's not there anymore, is he? not on that cross. He's alive and he's in our hearts. Some people tie a string around their pinky to remind them, oh, I got to go do this today. Some people get tattoos that have a loved one's name on them that maybe passed away to remember. But this says, never let loyalty and kindness Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. If you will put those things deep into your heart, they'll always be there. Loyalty to one another, loyalty to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, but most importantly, loyalty to God. No matter how far away you get from Him, He's still there, He's loyal. We should be too. Write it deep in your heart. And kindness. Have a kind heart. Nobody likes a grumpy old man. Trust me. Because <laughs> I get that way sometimes. Have a tender heart. Have a heart of compassion and a heart of kindness. Because if you do... 
it's so much easier to share the love of Jesus with other people when they see that you're not some hypocrite. Because if you're always grumpy and you're always a jerk and you're always yelling and screaming and cussing at people driving by you, and then they drive by and they see you have a bumper sticker that says, Jesus loves you. Or God is my (laughs) co-pilot. He's off duty apparently today. Right? If you're going to drive like that or act like that, then don't put that on your car, by the way. Um, But live your life not like that, but live it like Ephesians 4.32. If you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've got an issue with somebody in my life. Maybe it's somebody that you're... I don't know, maybe there's just some bitterness or some anger or unforgiveness or whatever that has just been festering like an infection in your life. And you're just like, I just have got to let this go. We're going to have some people available. So if any of the elders or our prayer prayer leadership, any of that, anybody who wants to come forward and kind of stand up front here, we're going to um, give you guys an opportunity to, uh, to pray with us, somebody else if you want to. But what I want to do for just the next couple of minutes as they come um, Maybe you don't want to make your way up to the front and, and you don't want to talk to somebody. But I, I want to give everybody just a few minutes, at, in your seat even, just to say, you know what, God, help me to examine my heart. Am I a tender-hearted, compassionate, kind, loving, non-stealing, non-lying person? Or do I have some things I need to work out? Do I have any unforgiveness in my life? Do I have anything that is going on in my life right now that... Um, I know is not pleasing to God or is not Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Maybe it's some of those other things that we talked about today. Then ask God to forgive you because he will. And ask him to fill your heart with that love and that tenderness and that loyalty that he so craves from each and every one of us. Let's just take a couple minutes to do that. And these folks are available um, if you would like to have some, some prayer. And then we'll close in prayer in just a moment. God, again, we, uh, we come before you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that um, as we leave this place, that no one would walk out of here the same way they were when they walked in. That somehow through worship or through something 
uh, in your word today, God, um, sparked something in each and every one of us and changed us because we are in the presence of uh, our almighty king. God, I pray today that um, you would help each one of us to fill our hearts with kindness and with loyalty. And that we um, would use our words to bring life and encouragement to others around us. God, if there's anybody in this room that maybe they need to hear some good words of encouragement or words that bring life to them, God, I pray that they would realize that their identity is found in you and that they are your child. And if those aren't encouraging words enough, God, I pray that you would put somebody in their path today that would be able to speak something uh, just life-giving to them today. God, nobody wants to be lonely. Nobody wants to live in sorrow we all want to find joy and peace. I pray, God, that we'd find that in you. Lord, help us to live like this, like Ephesians 4.32, and not like that, all the other stuff that brings sorrow to your spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys have a great week, and uh, keep Pastor Neil and their family in your prayers as they head back home. Uh, I'm not sure what day they're coming back, but I think it's today or tomorrow. Um, but thanks again for, uh, for coming out. Again, don't forget, if you're not part of a small group, um, you can sign up on the website. I know that some small groups are actually meeting here on Wednesday night as well. So check those out, see what's available, see what's, uh, what's happening, and, uh, and get plugged in. And also, um, we have a men's group that met last night. So if you haven't had a chance to, to hook up with uh, Kevin McAvoy, he's out in the foyer, I believe. And uh, you can talk to him if you're a man and uh, get signed up for that too. So, All right, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time.